0: How much power should a parachurch organization have over a local church? Should a local church submit to a parachurch organization? When your parachurch ministry is interfering with a local church, where will you stand with your ministry or with the church? Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. The title of it is, When a parachurch ministry tries to run the church. Para means alongside of, like paragraph, alongside the graphe. When a parachurch, a ministry outside the local church, interferes with or tries to run a local church, where will you stand? We are a parachurch organization. We come alongside the local church. We supplement the local church, but we do not have any authority over the local church. Even when a counselee comes to us uh, historically, and they belong to a local church, one of the questions that we ask is, is your pastor involved? Is your pastor aware that you're coming here and you're looking for counseling? Now, I realize that's a sticky question. It could be. The reason that they're coming here is because their pastor is an abuser or there are some things with wrong with their local church that they just can't reconcile and they're not at that place to talk to their pastor about it. So I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying, but what I want you to hear is that we have a high view of, of the local church. I don't like monkeying around with, uh, with individuals who belong to a local church when that pastor and that leadership team will give an account uh, for how they shepherd their sheep. Now again, in a vacuum, that makes sense, and I realize that we don't live in a vacuum and things can get a lot messier and there's more issues involved, but the point here is that a high view of the local church is critical. And I want to communicate that to you. I know they're not perfect, and I know that there are always problems in play, but all roads should lead to the local church. The local church in the New Testament is God's way of communicating his message, spreading his fame, bringing unity in the greater body of Christ. And so we have a high view of the local church. And parachurch organizations, I'm glad that there are many of them Thousands upon thousands of them. I'm glad that we are one, but para is alongside of. We are supplemental, and we do not rule a local church, and hopefully we don't make things worse for a local church. I want to give you three illustrations of how that had gone badly, and then I want to talk a little bit more about this idea When a parachurch ministry tries to run the church. If you want to talk to me about this podcast, I would love for you to do that. Go to our website, rickthomas.net, and you can ask your questions on our forums. Several years ago, the members of Covenant Life Church in Gaithersburg, Maryland, affirmed their leaders' desire not to permit a parachurch ministry to rule over them. That parachurch ministry was Sovereign Grace Ministries, which they later rebranded as Sovereign Grace Churches. The elders of Covenant Life Church in Gaithersburg, Maryland at the time was led by Joshua Harris. Covenant Life Church was the founding and flagship church within the family of churches called Sovereign Grace Ministries. Covenant Life chose to sever their relationship with this ministry, which spanned 30 years. They had been associated with Sovereign Grace Ministries for a long time. Now, this development was significant within Sovereign Grace Ministries, as well as the evangelical community, because during the early 2000s, Sovereign Grace Ministries enjoyed uninterrupted favor and privilege among many evangelicals. They were the new thing coming, and everybody seemingly loved Sovereign Grace. They were publishing their books. They were putting on their conferences. They were accepted. In fact, C.J. Mahaney was one of the Fab Four as far as Together for the Gospel when that kicked up about 2008, whatever year that was, when they, they started. And so Sovereign Grace Ministries was a big deal. It was a parachurch organization but the founding church, Covenant Life Church, which hosted most of the conferences that Sovereign Grace put on, they had leadership conferences every year or two. I attended a few of them myself. They were big deals. They also had the pastor's conference in the, uh, the pastor's college, ra- rather, inside the building of covenant life and the pastor's college is where you had to go to be a sovereign grace ministries pastor they also had the administrative offices and so to leave sovereign grace ministries the parachurch organization the parachurch organization was downstairs the lower section of of the humongous covenant life building and so to leave sovereign grace ministries was a big deal But according to the Covenant Life website, they were, quote, going in a different direction from that of Sovereign Grace Ministries, the organization that was launched within our church and whose leaders have played a foundational role in the life of our church. I would say that God's word supports Covenant Life's decision. There are no instances or conditions in the New Testament where a non-local church entity, read parachurch, should exercise and have ongoing authority over a local church. A biblical purpose for the parachurch organization is to cooperate with and have supplemental help for what God has called that church to do. Now afterward, Sovereign Grace Ministries released their new policy statement. They outline how they would exercise their authority over any local church willing to sign their policy They rebranded themselves as Sovereign Grace Churches, and this rebranded, it positioned themselves in some measure as the self-appointed governance of the local churches. The repositioning was a bold move on Sovereign Grace Ministries' part, which is part of the reason Covenant Life Church decided they could no longer associate with them. Sovereign Grace Ministries' parachurch power enabled them to censure any local church within its system if that church did not follow the rules in their polity statement. This policy change is even more shocking in light of their history of pursuing gospel integrity and theological precision. It is arguable, but I would say that it was Sovereign Grace Ministry that was the impetus for all the gospel hyphenated language that came about in the early 2000s. They were the gospel-centered people. They were the ones that got things right as they were applauded by people like uh, Al Mohler and, and Mark Dever as being the people that we want to emulate the only time we see censure happening in the New Testament is when someone is violating the gospel. In such instances, Paul did not hold back from judging an individual, a local church, or a group of churches, as you read in Galatians 1, 8, 9, and two eleven. That's one illustration of a parachurch ministry restructuring themselves and rewriting their polity so that they can exercise oversight and authority. And even since you're a local church, well, it also has happened with, uh, with uh, universities, Christian universities. Several years ago, I was working for a church that was put off limits. That is the language that they used, Bob Jones University. They put this church off limits, and the reason for labeling this church off limits, it was multi-layered but one of which was because the music style was not acceptable to the BJU, Bob Jones University, palate. There was never any mention of this church acting sinfully. Bob Jones never said that the church was being sinful, that, that what they were doing was sinful. Everything that Bob Jones University discredited them over were preferential matters. At the time, I thought it was odd for a parachurch organization, in this case a Christian university, to legislate whether a Christian could attend a local church because they did not prefer their style of music. From From the BJU perspective, they believed in part they were honoring the parents of the students by making sure the adult students attended approved churches, churches that agreed with their take on secondary issues. Now I understand what they sought to accomplish. They basically wanted to extend the parental authority uh, into the local university, where they could keep these uh, these adults uh, insulated from the world. I have a whole nother discussion about what worldliness is, and you can read about that on our, our website, but unfortunately, Bob Jones, uh, in this case, has a wrong view of worldliness. They see worldliness out there as opposed to being inside our hearts, and James says that we're drawn away by our own desires. There would be no desire, there would be no power that bad music would have over us if we did not desire it. The bigger issue is what's going on in our hearts. And so basically what they did is they secluded a bunch of people who had desires uh, for things, and and that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to keep the students from sinning by creating these these hedges about them. And so I understand, but it is extra biblical approach. It, It is an extra biblical approach to controlling people. The dividing line in the New Testament is always the gospel, not secondary or tertiary matters. For any Christian individual or organization to put a local church, think about this, Putting a local church, a local church that's not sinning, listen to this. For any organization to put a local church off limits because of secondary preferences is unb- unbiblical. If the unbelieving culture tried to exert this type of power, over the church, we would rise in force lobbying against them. Imagine if the United Way or the American government said you could not attend some local churches because these churches did not practice abortion on demand or they didn't believe in redistribution of wealth. We would not stand for that. We wouldn't stand for any organization putting a church off limits for unbiblical or not gospel-centered reasons, if the gospel is being preached. And so this is another instance Sovereign Grace Ministries was overreaching. So what they decided to do is to rewrite their polities so that they could self-appoint themselves as the authority over local churches. And they can do that if they wish. You'll have to decide if you want to be part of of a Sovereign Grace Ministries church that has that kind of parachurch authority over you, and the same thing for Bob Jones University. Bob Jones University can write their policy any way that they want to, but you will have to decide if you're going to submit to a parachurch organization and let them have the power over you as far as whether you tend a New Testament church or not, or if you're going to have a high view of the local church and, and your church will, uh, will train you and equip you and give you the direction that you need rather than a parachurch organization. And then my third illustration, in 2019, the International Association of Biblical Counselors imploded due to mismanagement and sharp conflict. I won't get into all the details of that. You can listen to my episode 202 in my Life Over Coffee series for more details on this matter. I spoke for more than 90 minutes with an elder at Life Fellowship, the church at the center of the IABC controversy, and he shared how hard it had been on their church because of IABC's interference. And lack of cooperation with a church discipline matter with one of its members. This is a big deal. And I I want people to know about our organization. One, we are a parachurch ministry. And two, we have a high view of the local church. We still believe, we still believe in the local church. Now, for you, it's a matter of choice. Any individual, any church, can choose as to whether they want to submit themselves to an institution that exerts extra-biblical guidelines over them. The difference here would be between unbiblical and sub-biblical. It's not necessarily unbiblical, but it is subbiblical when a local church begins to give up its autonomy. Now, that's a church's choice if they want to do that, and it's also an individual's choice if they want to give up uh, the authority of the local church and, and submit themselves to uh, a parachurch organization. We do this all the time. For example, go back to my college illustration. All college students do this, whether it's a Christian college or otherwise. Colleges have a student handbook where they communicate what is acceptable behavior. And if you choose to attend that college, you agree to play by their rules. This is a freedom of choice issue, and you make that choice. You, you can flip all this around, and I've had this conversation with, because I live in Greenville, South Carolina, where Bob Jones University is, I've had this conversation with many of their former students who are angry because of the rules of Bob Jones University, and it's like, no, you, your, your attitude is sinful many of their attitudes were sinful you either chose to go there or your parents put you there and and you got your education paid for but either way you submit to that authority you don't have to agree with it my wife went to bob jones university and graduated in 1991 she knew she could stand on her head and hold her breath for four years and get an excellent education she didn't believe in the rules. They were unnecessary and and definitely sub-biblical, and she didn't believe in the authority that they had that was greater than the authority of the local church, but that's where her parents sent her. They were paying for her education, so she didn't complain, and I married her, and I've known her for more than a quarter of a century, and she's never spoke critically about Bob Jones University. in these matters, she knew what she went for. And so it is a matter of choice. Employers can also exert power over you too, as well as a parachurch organization. But when their rules prohibit you from attending a gospel preaching church, they are overreaching their power by overriding God's word. And you'll have to decide if you're going to associate with an organization that has more power than a local church. And though a secular institution may not care for the sufficiency of God's word, Christian parachurch organizations should. There was another church in our, our town back in the late 80s where many of the people who attended this church worked at Bob Jones University. And this church began to make a gospel-centered shift, a biblical shift. They moved away from the King James Bible. They, they moved toward contemporary music, and they began to understand the doctrines of grace, and that created no small rift within the church and within Bob Jones University. And so Bob Jones University said that you can either attend this church or you can work at Bob Jones University, but you can't do both. And so it split the church. Some people kept their jobs. Others were fired because they wanted to stay with the church. But this is your decision. It is a matter of of choice. Nobody should mandate which church a person should attend as long as the gospel is being preached. Now, on one hand, churches, Sovereign Grace Ministries can create whatever rules that they want to create over the local church, As long as they aren't unbiblical, a Christian university can create whatever rules they want to create. If they say that if you attend here, you can't go to a church that plays contemporary music, well, then that's their rule. You don't have to agree with it, but you salute the flag if you're up under that organization. This freedom to choose is a matter for the individual to decide as he interacts with God, with the Bible, and with wise counsel. It is also unwise when a local church submits itself to a parachurch agency while ceding some of its authority to that agency. You need to be careful when you do that. And and, uh, I struggle with this this whole idea, and I've seen the debacle up close and personal. I, I was a pastor for Sovereign Grace Ministries for a number of years now, thankfully, a long time ago. But seeing that, being part of that then and, and seeing it now at a great distance away, it's a big issue. And it created all kinds of problems and it defamed God's name. It hurt a whole lot of people and the local church was marginalized and fractured. There's a difference between cooperation and collaboration within a group of churches or pastors and elders. Hopefully churches can come together and collaborate and cooperate with each other and pastors in a town, for example. I did some training on Marco Island in the summer of 2019 and one of those meetings I had was a group of pastors and they were diverse. They believed the Bible differently, but they believed the gospel the same way and they come together and they meet, they talk, they build fellowship with each other. It's a beautiful thing. There's a difference between cooperation and collaboration within a group of churches, pastors and elders versus giving up your rights or authority to an external body. If you work for a company or you're part of a Christian organization that places extra biblical guidelines on your life, you'll have to decide if you can continue with them. We want to have a high view of the local church. Always, because God had a high view of the local church as he had his servant Paul write so many of his epistles to and about the local church. One of the ironies of this confusion is the lack of biblical integrity of the parachurch organization that exerts power over the church. This rift of biblical integrity and cooperating with the local church was so great within the IABC, the International Association of Biblical Counselors, that all five board members resigned or recused themselves. A local church typically has enough problems to deal with without the oversight or interference of a parachurch ministry that is unwilling to be biblical. It is one thing to have a parachurch organization that is cooperating with the local church. They are facilitating it's like standing in front of a fan, and the fan is just moving you forward. It, it, uh, uh, the fan is at your back, and it's, it's moving you forward. It's blowing you forward. Um, but what some of these parachurch organizations are doing is the church actually has to jump over hurdles. They place hurdles in front of the local church. It makes their job so much harder. The local church doesn't have the time or the human resources to police what is going on within their external governing body, and, and they should not have to do this. It is an unnecessary obligation for a church called to care for souls within their congregation, and then they have this thing that's attached to the side of their local church called a parachurch organization, and it's so convoluted and got so many internal problems and unwilling to be biblical, that's a burden for the local church. Now, thankfully, most parachurch organizations do not seek that kind of authority or a desire to place more demands on the pastors than what they already experienced through the caring of their congregation. I mentioned earlier that I was a pastor once upon a time. And by the grace of God and the hope I have in God that he will never call me to be a pastor again, it's it's one of the hardest jobs that you'll ever have. It's a job that's just, it never ends. It goes on forever. The burdens are great. There are no breaks. There's never enough people, never enough time, and there's always more hurting souls than you can care for if you're shepherding well. And to have a a parachurch organization on your back (laughs) that's hindering what you're trying to do, that's not good. Our organization is a parachurch ministry. It is set up to function as a supplement to any local church. We are not an authority over or an interferer with the local church. I don't think that we have ever received that complaint. There are several pastors and church members who belong to our membership site. I offer them counsel, coaching, training to them. had a pastor from a local church email me just a few days ago. He had this situation within his own family, as a matter of fact. Had a decision that he needed to make in real time, and he asked me, he said, give me your perspective on this. I gave him my perspective on that matter, and then he and his wife, they made a decision That's what a parachurch ministry should do. You want to help. We have not set up this organization to exert authority over any local church or any individual. If you go on our forums, you'll hear that question often. You'll see it. It's asked often. What does your pastor have to say? I do not plan on generating a church polity for any church to sign while obligating a portion of their income to keep me afloat. If anyone chooses to associate with me, with our organization, it is their decision. When a person decides to sever their relationship with our organization, it's also their choice. They can do that as easily as they came in. There is a place for parachurch organizations in God's world. I praise God for them. Organizations like Family Life, Wretched Radio, you can name your own. There are many of them, thousands of parachurch organizations that are doing a good work to strengthen the body of Christ. But it would cause grave concern if any of these organizations began to dictate how a local church should function if the local church is preaching the gospel. They may not be doing it according to your preference if they interfered with a local body. Again, we are assuming that the local church is obeying God's word. That would be sad. I hope the Lord will reveal these things to all parachurch ministries. Our job is to supplement, cooperate, and serve the local church. The word parachurch means to come alongside the church. It was never meant to be something to exert power over the church. The title of this podcast is When a Parachurch Ministry tries to run the church. Now you ask the question, why are you, why are you writing this? Well, I've, I've seen it happen so many times. As I said earlier, my wife graduated from Bob Jones University in 1991. Our daughter will begin attending Bob Jones University in 2019. Yes, she's, she is attending the university that will exert power over her. Now she will be what we call a town student, meaning that she will commute to the university which means she can go to the, any church she wants to go to. And our church plays contemporary music and is reformed in doctrine, and, and she will continue to go to that uh, church. Uh, if she was on campus, they would have that kind of authority over her, and that's not an authority that I would give to, to that university or any university. We have a responsibility at this point to continue to parent our daughter, and we want to continue to do that. But still yet, on an academic level, there is much to commend. It is an excellent university academically, and I wholeheartedly recommend it. What they are doing becomes problematic only when they dictate how how a gospel-preaching local church should function. And I also was a Sovereign Grace pastor, as I mentioned, for several years. And I saw the corruption up close and personal. Many churches pulled out of this ministry because they could not submit to the extra local authority, no matter how they tried, Sovereign Grace tried to redefine themselves. And even to this day, this year, I was talking with a Sovereign Grace ministry pastor, or former now, who pulled out, just needed somebody to talk to because of what happened to him. And it was so muddling to his thinking that, that the authority they exercised, the rules they placed, the spin that they put on things, and it just needed some clarity. Just recently, I removed myself. We removed our organization from the International Association of Biblical Counselors because of this, the sin and the mismanagement, specifically their interference and lack of cooperation with the local church, which has hurt the church. It is objective. And though I can applaud and appreciate the good that has come from all three of these parachurch para ministries, I cannot support them when they are bringing harm to the local church. If you're part of a parachurch ministry, you must ask how you're helping the local church. God's plan, as communicated in the New Testament, is for local churches to spread his fame. Our role is to belong to to one New Testament church while doing all we can to make them flourish. Paraministries can be excellent fixtures in God's community to help this great biblical cause. But if they are an hindrance, you must speak into it. You must speak out against it. And if it's your organization, you must do what you can to help them to be more supportive, non-interfering, supplemental, to a local church or local churches if they have that kind of reach. The title of the podcast is When a Para-Church Ministry Tries to Run the Church. If you want to talk about this, I would love to chat with you. We never turn anybody away by the grace of God, and hopefully we never will. But the place that you have to talk, there's only one place in the world that we can chat with you because of the expanse of our ministry, and that's on our website. Come, let's talk on our forums. Thanks for listening.